tonight. Titus chapter 1, verse 10 and 11. The, the title is The Circumstances. Remember, we started off with the call, the call of Paul, then the command to Titus, then, of course, the challenge for us, um, blameless men of God, and now tonight, the circumstances, but also with a little side note, the warning, the warning application for us. And, of course, the challenge to, to walk in biblical manhood, as we talked about last week, that definition, those characteristics, the behavior. Um, man, what a challenge, isn't it? I tell you what, but God is speaking. I know he's ministering, working on our hearts. When you're saying, when you're doing something, you realize, wait a minute, that's not too blameless. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. But as we're moving forward now, remember in our study there in verse 5, Paul said, for this reason I left you in Crete. And it's interesting, at the end of verse 5, there's a little line. It's almost like a parenthesis. Then he goes into verse 6, 7, 8, and 9, really just the, the qualifications for an elder and what they're supposed to be doing and such. But then he starts in verse 10, the continuation of the thought coming from verse 5. For this reason I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. Verse 10, for there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole households, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. And so we see the false teachers didn't take long. The devil, is, he's, he's been bringing the false message from the garden, but they had crept in, bringing um, things that did not line up with the gospel, with what the apostles, with what the, the normal teachings were. They were teaching things which they are, wrong things, not things, good things. And in the false teachers, you think about it, as that has continued throughout the years, the, the generations and the centuries and such. Um, interesting when you think about the, the idea of these false teachers coming in. One thing in my 26 years of being on staff as a pastor is that we have never really encountered um, a bunch of people coming in with false doctrines coming in. There's been some lone wolves coming in with some whack stuff, you know, about Jesus and about baptism, about speaking in tongues and, and different things. And it's just, but it's not, it has never been something that has really caused us many issues. Now, we have had problems with the Calvinist guys, those guys that they kind of get on the Calvinist bent, the Reformed theology, and, and they, they begin their little deal about 15, about 15 years ago, we had a group of guys that kind of rose up and, and they, were, they just kind of, they left because, of course, we're not going to, we're not Calvinists, we're not going back. But other than that, it's, it's been actually been pretty good. And I think, I believe it's a result of the fact, number one, of the strong teaching of God's word in Calvary's, verse by verse. Now, there are topical studies that are done as you go on verse by verse, but for the most part, we're going verse by verse. And that's a distinctive of Calvary Chapel and, of course, other Bible-teaching, believing churches. But the sad thing to say is that is not the norm. Perfect opportunity for the false teachers. Also, number two, the spiritual strength that this type of teaching brings. When you and I, and thank God, for, I just, I, you know, I could still be a Nazarene guy. Now, they taught through the Bible, but it was more topical then verse by verse, book by book, chapter by chapter, from Revelation to Genesis, Genesis to Revelation, back and forth. But the, it's, it's, that type of teaching brings strong 
Christian men and women. You know the word. But also, I believe it's the strength of the pastoral staff and the leadership, even the guys that are represented in this room, because they've been taught so well. And the pastors, they can spot this, the wolves. When someone starts talking, you just know. It's like that old you know, story people hear about, you know, how do you teach a bank teller to be able to take and choose, you know, know that it's counterfeit. You just keep giving them the truth, the real the bill, the real bill, the real bill, the real bill, and they can count, uh, spot a counterfeit just like that. Same thing with leadership. And that's where I look at all you guys because this church of this size, we've got probably 150 guys on a men's only. That's just the men's leadership list. And that number it needs to be continually added to because, you know, people move, they go different places, whatever. We're all getting old. Amen. And it's just happening. And I'm not going to say the other word, but we're getting old, you know. Because <laughs> we we're not going to die. We're just going to go to heaven. Praise the Lord. So that's, again, why the challenge for you, and we talked about this, you know, that you guys are all in leadership training. You being a part of this church, you care for this church. This is your home. This is the place you fellowship, you know. And, and of course, those of us on staff and the board members, you know, I mean, you, you're putting your life in this place. When people come in and start bringing nonsense, that's when we say, uh, excuse me, and we'll get to that, but it's it's just not good. So we move them on. Anyhow, but the Bible is clear though, guys. In the last days, Jesus himself said, in the last days that false prophets, false teachers will arise. False Christ will arise teaching things and deceiving, if even if possible, even the elect. And so, guys, we're there. We're in that midst, and we, of course, we know that there's a lot of false teaching going on there. Turn two pages to the left there, and we'll see what Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4. Chapter 4, 1 Timothy. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith. How? By giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. I, I wrote down in my Bible, I look at this, the homosexual agenda, I look at evolution as those things that, that are huge in these latter times, things that have come straight from the pit of hell. So we see that, but also, if you turn to the right to Second Peter chapter 2, Peter's talking about these false teachers. And uh, Peter, he doesn't pull any punches with these guys. I mean, he slams these false teachers, Second Peter chapter 2. But there were also false prophets among the people, looking back. And even as there will be false teachers among you, the present time, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And here's the problem, guys. And many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. And here it is. By covetousness, because of their greed, they will exploit you with deceptive words. And for a long time, their judgment has not been idle and their, dis- their destruction does not slumber. Basically saying, God has destined those guys for judgment, and it's going to happen. There's not a doubt about it. So for us guys, in this idea, in, in this day and age, we got to be, you got to be on your game. 
And of course, you hear at a church that's teaching the Bible. But you know what? And, and, and it can happen. It can happen anywhere. The devil can get in here and begin to cause division and, and get among the sheep that you guys are a part of. So the challenge for us, of course, is to keep our ears open to listen and to discern. You yourself, even what I'm teaching. And we'll get to the Bereans here in a bit. So number one, though, who were the false teachers? Verse 10. For, thee, for there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision. These were the Judaizers, the so-called Christians with Jewish background. And they were teaching that the gospel and what they wanted to be taught was the gospel was not enough. The work of the cross, the atonement, the, the reconciliation that Jesus brought was not sufficient. Basically, their problem was that grace was too easy. Ah, that's just too easy. What do you mean? All I got to do is believe? By grace, through faith, yes. And see, what they wanted, of course, they, they wanted the Christians to work for their salvation. They wanted to add the law. They wanted to go back and bring in parts of the law. To add to the gospel rules and regulations, the food, the washings, the, the observations, the religious traditions of men that we see still taking place in many churches today. Just traditions of men. Stuff that, that people made up over the years that have nothing to do with the word of God. It's like, where did you get these things? And then there's like this, some obscure verse they go to. Well, it said right here, Judas hung himself. So, you know, we, we, we have little nooses around our neck kind of a deal. A ridiculous extreme example. But that's the thing here. The, 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 the new moons, the festivals, the, the recognition and the regulation of Sabbaths and all. Old Testament law for salvation. No, no, no. You're saved by what? How? Amen. That was it. So those are the false teachers. But how were these false teachers acting? Of course, verse 10 says here, there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers. And of course, basically they're saying that they were rebellious, number one, like spiritual and moral insurgents. You know, their problem was they didn't want to... um, Listen to the authority of the Bible. They rejected the authority of the Bible, but they also reject the authority of the spiritual leaders in the church. And we have had a few of those. Trust me. We've had those come in and say, you know what? This is what I think. This is what the Lord said. No kidding. We had a lady that we actually had to, as Scripture says, had to ask her not to come back to church. She continually hounded Pastor Jeff because she believed and she heard from the Lord that we were to have the sanctuary open 24 hours a day for people to come and pray. Okay, cool. You want that? Go find a church that's going to do that. But she wouldn't let up. She wouldn't let up. She wouldn't let up. She'd hound Pastor Jeff. She'd come up to Jeff. And then, then here's the deal. Guess what she would do when everybody was leaving and everybody was gone and was time to turn out the lights and to close the sanctuary? Guess where she was? in the sanctuary it's like Tuvai can you come from Wilmington and carry this woman out please <laughs> rebellious rejecting authority rejecting the leadership but also they were idle talkers and, and a, a better translation is they were empty talkers no substance nothing they sounded good even intelligent they would use biblical words and phrases and it would all be so good, but it was, 
it was like talking in circles. They would distort the truth, take things out of context, and I just put these down just to get the idea. It's like you heard that phrase, God helps those who help themselves. Man, brother, that's what you got to do. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> or how about godliness is next to cleanliness? Anybody use that on their kids when you're younger? Yeah, come on. <laughs> that's what they were. They were rebellious. They were idle talkers. No substance. All hype. They were like clouds with no rain, which we usually get here in Southern California, which bums me out. when she, oh, It's going to rain. Dallas Rain says, it's going to rain, and it doesn't rain. I hate that. Okay, number three, though, what were they doing? Paul gives three specific things that the false teachers were doing. He says, number one, they were deceiving. Number two, they were subverting whole households. And number three, they were teaching things they ought not. It's all lined out here. So this idea of deceiving, this is what the idle or empty talkers, this is what they do. Okay, these guys, and, and remember the context here, we're talking false teachers coming into the church. Wolves in sheep clothing. They're seducers who use words and their knowledge to fool and mislead people. Now, I'm going to say this, and don't take it offensively, but we all understand what I'm going to say. Like a crooked, okay, crooked used car salesman or auto mechanic who just sits there and tells you all this stuff about this and all this stuff about this, all this stuff, just lying straight to their teeth. Anybody ever encounter that? Of course we have. We all have. But those are the crooked ones. There are some good, great used car salesmen and good and great auto mechanics. Remember, I used the word crooked. <laughs> I'm telling you, isn't that a shame, man? But there are some. And they're just like those who are blowing smoke. We know that. They were deceiving, though, you guys. That's the idea. But also subverting whole households. This is interesting. We're going to talk about this for a bit. Because it seems like that many of the false teachers... Now, remember, the church back then met where? in the homes and they were house churches basically so what these false teachers would do is they would go to these houses of course these churches and they would mingle among the people and they would kind of get to know the people and everything but then what they would do is they would they would draw those people out from the house where the church was to possibly their own house or they would work it out where they would get invited to another person's house and that's where they would begin to, to lay on them all the false teachings and such. Because in the midst of the group, of course, with the strong believers there, someone begins to talk about a false gospel, they could get, get called out. But hey, so you got new believers. And you get over to their house and you begin to start talking to them. And oh man, they sound so good. And for us here, these, these, this type of a home fellowship thing, a church our size, and I'm just saying this so you understand, we have no idea who or how many people out there are having home fellowships with people inside this church. We have no way of knowing. This church is huge. And there, you might even be a part of one right now. Oh, yeah, I go to, home, I go to Bible study. I go to home fellowship. Well, which is all cool. I mean, there's nothing wrong. We, we, we can't stop people from doing that. And we wouldn't really stop anybody from doing that unless it was some horrible 
terrible thing that was going on there. But see, the idea is that unless it is ordained by Calvary Chapel South Bay, we, we can't tell you that what you're listening to, what you're being taught is, is on the left, okay? Now, remember when Pastor Greg was here and we started those home growth groups, okay? That was all ordained by Calvary. Those were hand-picked leaders. Those were, were home fellowships that we established for people to meet and everything. Now, he left. Most of those disbanded, but I do believe there might be some out there. But I personally don't know of a single Bible study going on right now, me personally. I'm not saying I know everything about the church that has been ordained by Calvary Chapel. So keep that in mind. And of course, if you have any questions, come and see me. But here's the point I'm trying to make, all right? It's something that you need to be very, very careful about getting involved in. Why is that? The number one tactics or tactic of the cults is home-to-home, door-to-door, person-to-person. Think about that. Who comes knocking at your door? I mean, you know, it's not too many. I mean, I mean, as Calvary, we've gone knocking on doors to hand them flyers for like, you know, Easter or something like that, but not to say, hey, we want to come in and start a Bible study in your house. Not that there's anything super wrong with that, but it's the Mormons, it's the Jehovah, it's the cults who come knocking door to door. Years ago, I've told you this story before, but when we first got saved at the Nazarene Church, Cheryl worked with this guy um, at Alpha Beta, and he invited us to a home fellowship. And we're, we are so on fire, we're like, right on, we're going to be there, we're going. Didn't ask who, what, where, when, why, how, nothing. We just, oh yeah, you work with the guy, great, let's go. So we get there, and I mean, it was a lot of fun. It was cool. It sounded all good and everything. And say, hey, this is, this is nice. Let's go check it out. We go back again. After about the third or fourth time, though, her friend that she worked with, this guy, grabbed us and said, hey, hey, you know, some of the elders want to chat with you. And, of course, we're thinking, oh, yeah, they didn't want to use me to be a part of it. <laughs> I'm just saying that for effect. <laughs> so, sure, let's sit and talk. And you'll know who this churches associated or they were associated as soon as I start telling you this if you guys are in tune with these false teachers they begin to start telling us that they start questioning whether we were saved or not really how come well you don't attend our church oh and you you haven't been baptized in our church either so we're really not quite sure if you're saved yet anybody know what I'm talking about Church of Christ. And the fact that they didn't use any instruments we thought was, eh, the voices sounded good, a little weird. But, and of course, they don't use instruments because there's no instruments named in the New Testament. All right. It's a different God for the New Testament. It ain't the same God as the Old Testament. So, trippy stuff, but man. And amazingly enough, and thank God that for some reason, because we were brand new believers, there was something that didn't set right. And so we'll go back to the Nazarene church there and start telling everybody, and they're like, what are you doing a dumb Bible study like that for? And you know, kind of thing. But sure enough, man, we turned tail and ran, ran for our lives. Trippy stuff. So you gotta be super, super careful. Subverting whole households is what they were doing. And also, number three, they were teaching things they ought not. They would teach things that would cause people 
to be more inclined to think that they were really good guys. And really this speaks of what Paul was teaching Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Turn one page to the left. Aren't you glad I'm keeping it close there? Not me, it's just the way it's working out. We know this passage of scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 4. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the, what's that word? Word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching for the time will come. The time has come. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. Now, people are smart. They, they kind of get a sense of what people want to hear. So it's like, I'll tell you what you need to hear. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. And the false teachers, what Paul is referring to, they were like politicians. They had figured out what to tell the people to make them really like them as people so they could actually cause them to be deceived all the easier. Like, he's a great guy. He's a really nice man. He's so sweet the way he talks. I love his little southern drawl. I love the way he dressed. He's just just a nice man. I'm not speaking of Joel Osteen, but you might have thought of that when I was talking about that. They're saying only that which would give them favor from the people. Teaching things they ought not, because, of course, the very next statement in the verse, verse 11, is for the sake of what? Dishonest gain. It's like those who don't teach on sin. They're not going to teach, not tell you things you don't want to hear that you don't want to hear about yourself? I mean, it'd be like Pastor Jeff. How many of you hear Sunday morning when he taught in Galatians chapter five there? The, the, hall of, <laughs> the hall of the crud of our hearts passage. For the works of the flesh are evident. See, smart man, wise man, these kind of guys would have gone, you know what, we're gonna just skip right over that passage and go right to the fruit of the spirit. Oh, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's, you guys are all, you all have that. That other stuff, nah. And, and they could play that off. That other stuff was the old you, that person who doesn't even exist. In my, that's before you were saved. But anybody still having that junk in your heart? And we need to hear that we still have that junk in our heart. Praise God what God has done for us. But man, we need to keep the lid in that coffin down daily, moment by moment, crucifying this flesh. Otherwise, the works of the flesh, all over the place. Man, they only were teaching what the people wanted to hear to make themselves sound good. Why? Number four, why were they doing it? There it is. For the sake of this honest gain, sword gain. How many anybody read that? By the way, I forgot to tell you. I'm teaching from the New King James Version Bible. That's where all the questions come from, so in case you're wondering. Anyhow, anybody out there read the old King James Version? Few, few of the old timers? <laughs> Get it? Old King? Yeah, just teasing. Anyhow, that translation says, 
filthy lucre. That's so awesome. That's what we're talking about here. Filthy lucre. This means ill-gotten financial profit. They were doing it for the sake of dishonest gain. And of course, that has prosperity doctrine written all over it. And, and this idea, a love for money, evidenced by when, when you see some of the uh, lifestyles of these prosperity teachers. Ain't no one of them living in a one-room shack, brothers, I'll tell you right now. Uh-uh. There ain't no one of them living probably like me and you. That's for sure. But the big houses, the fancy clothes, the cars, the jets, this is all, these are the distinct marks of the false teachers. And these false teachers and preachers, they use their positions and their slanted messages to promote, guess what, of course, their own financial gain. You know what? You give to the church and God's going to give back to you. And they'll use the church, but really they're saying, you give to me. And good luck on the other part. (laughs) I'm telling you what, dudes. And we know this. I'm not, some of you I know hopefully are being instructed, but most of you are just, it's so true. Turn again to 1 Timothy, two pages to the left, chapter 6. Two pages to the left, 1 Timothy 6. We know this passage of scripture as well. Starting in verse 3, if anyone teaches otherwise, of course, the false and does not consent to wholesome words or that which is in accord to godliness. We'll see that even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ and to the doctrine which accords with godliness. He is proud, knowing nothing but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words from which come envy, strife, reviling, evil suspicions, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth. Here it is. Who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. Man, and there's no doubt people have figured this thing out. Duh. You, you tell people how bad they are and that they need a good God, and then you beat them over their head and you, and you figure out that they'll, they'll pay you to do that. They'll pay you to say that. Or the others, and what they really have figured out, you just tell them how good they are how much they can, if they come to church, how much they're going to get out of coming to church. And I guarantee you're going to be adding zeros and zeros and zeros to your bank account. All because you're giving money to this church. A means of gain. From such withdraw yourself. Watch out. And of course, we've got to read the rest of this passage until verse 10. Because this is a lesson for us all. Now, godliness with contentment. Man, there it is, guys. Godliness with contentment is great gain. He doesn't use great in the means, the godliness of the means of gain, but contentment, godliness with contentment, great gain. For we brought, bought nothing, brought nothing into the world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. And having, this is just crazy, this verse here just blows me away. <laughs> and having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. Anybody there yet? Come on. <laughs> Nobody, jeez, Paul, did you have to put that in there, Holy Spirit? Come on now. But those who desire to be rich, though, fall into temptation and a snare into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. And for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. 
for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Man, that's why they were doing it, brothers. And what were the elders to do? Verse 11, whose mouths must be stopped. That's some strong words there in New King James Version. Basically what he was saying, they got to be silenced. They got to be silenced. We got to put a stop to this. And how were they to be silenced? How were they going to put a stop to this? Of course, four things. Number one, they were to be confronted. Hear these kind of things. Hey, hey, you know what? We don't believe that here. We don't teach that here, so please stop. And of course, we love, right? But then they're to be corrected. Now, here's the proper interpretation. Here's what the Bible says about prosperity, so to speak. This is how we see it because there's many people that look at it and go, well, that's not how we see it. I don't believe that interpretation. I don't believe that. Well, you know what? You can believe that all you want. This is how we see it. This is what we believe. And they were to be warned. Guys, if you don't stop, we're going to ask you to leave. And then, of course, he even tells them in chapter 3, verse 9, 10, and 11, but avoid foolish disputes, genealogies, contentions, and strivings about the law. In other words, don't waste too much time with these knuckleheads, for they are unprofitable and useless. Then he says here, reject a divisive man after the first and second admonition, knowing that such a person is warped and sinning, being self-condemned, and I'll throw in there, prideful, very prideful. They were to be confronted, corrected, warned, rejected, given the right boot of fellowship. That's what that means. It's the right boot. Boot them out of here. Because this is all an attempt to keep the cancer that they were speaking from spreading to the rest of the body. It's the same thing that happens when someone does get cancer. You got to cut it out. You got to chemo it. You got to radiate it. You got to get rid of it. Got to get that cancer out of it. Because ultimately, as we know, this is all an attack from the enemy that started obviously at the beginning to try and destroy the work of Jesus Christ in the church. And it's interesting. See, the enemy, he directs people. Some people have no idea that what they're teaching and what they're saying is wrong. They just believe it dumb as dirt. I mean, that's just the way it is. But there are others that are doing it purposefully. Purposefully. Plants from Satan. Knowing exactly what they're doing. Knowing that they see a church this size on the corner of Knox and Vermont. And it's a target of the devil. And, and he knows how to motivate these people. How to put these people. These people, those types of people need to be removed. And of course, we're gentle at first. We're loving. Maybe you've misunderstood. Maybe there are some there that, you know, say, hey, oh, you know what? Now I see it. Now you're right, you're right. But the others are like, you know what? You don't know what you're talking about. I know. Those are the ones, the idle talkers, the rebellious, the insubordinate. Boom, out the door you go. So application, as men of the word, you and me, we got to become Bereans. Turn with me to Acts 17. I just want to make sure that everybody knows this passage and, and this idea of being a Berean. And of course, here's, it's a great, as we're going through the book of Acts and, and we're seeing what the work of God through Paul and such, and 
He's ministering, verse 10 of chapter 17 in the book of Acts. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Here it is, guys. These were more fair-minded, or you could use the word, they thought a little bit clearer, than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness. Man, preach it. And though, and searched the scriptures. And what's that word there? What's, what's, what's our little... I just happen to have this with me. What do you know about that, huh? Every man, every day. They searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Guys, going back to our passage, going back to our our application here tonight, as men to become Bereans, that is your responsibility, to search the word daily. Now, Praise God here at Calvary. But even still, I listen to Pastor Jeff's, every single message that Pastor Jeff teaches. Now, I'm listening to it, of course, to learn everything. But I'll tell you what, if I, if I hear something, but oftentimes, guys, even in my communication, I might say something I didn't mean to say what I said. You know, it just comes out goofy sometimes. But you know what? Your job, your responsibility is to, hey, you know what? Because churches begin, and those that are in the pulpits that are, that are trying to basically move a congregation from here to here, it's not done overnight. It's done slowly, subtly, purposefully. And you got to be in tune, and you got to know the Word of God yourself. Wait a minute. Jesus wasn't an alien. I mean, obvious. It never says there in Scripture. All right? Become the Berean. But also, guys, number two, be wary of invitations to home Bible studies. I hit on that pretty hard. Especially if you don't know the leaders. Okay, you, you, hey, man, come and check this out. There's, there's a cool thing going on here. It's really neat going on, great stuff. And it could very well be. But to use wisdom in your own Christian walk so you're not being caught off guard and caught up in things. Hey, oh, hey, it's cool. Hey, by the way, go to the leader. So do you have a statement of faith for your Bible study? Now, of course, that might be um, a little bit too much, but what, what is it you believe? And then, guys, my number five point here, I don't have it up here with me, but in our distinctives there, grab Calvary Chapel South Bay's statement of faith, what we believe and what we don't believe. Line it up. Look at it. Hmm, Okay, yeah, pretty much everything's there. Everything's in line. That's a main line statement of faith that we have. But be careful. And if you have questions, come back and ask somebody. But I trust and pray the Holy Spirit is going to give you the discernment that's going to say, nah, 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 get out of here, you guys. Drinking Kool-Aid and crackers. Uh-uh, not me, baby. <laughs> Ain't happening. So be men of the word, be wary of imitations. But also be careful who you listen to. Now I'm going to step on some toes here tonight. Possibly. Guys, careful who you listen to and what you watch. I'm telling you right now, TBN. Anybody heard of Shylin? False teacher song? Okay, Google that. Listen to that song. I was going to play it tonight, but I'm, I'm on the run here. 
is that 54? What happened to the time? Anyhow, uh, <laughs> I'm already late. Anyhow, it's a great song. But guys, TBN, guys, it's chock full of false teachers. Now, I know Greg is on there. David Jeremiah is on there. Uh, Stanley's on there. But now the other Stanley, he's a little whack. Anyhow, but guys, man, <laughs> false teachers, Creflo Dollar, T.D. Jakes, Joel Osteen, Kenneth Copeland, Joseph Prince, Stephen Furtick, Joyce Myers, either prosperity, positive confession, word of faith, trash, 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 junk, you guys. Man, I would recommend listening only to K-Wave. I'm just telling you. At least you know the source. At least you know what you're getting, guys. But that TBN stuff, in that song it says, turn off TBN. That channel is overrated. And all the most of the guys, it's all motively, financially motivated. I can start rapping right now for you, brothers. <laughs> Be careful what you listen to. And also the false teachings to beware of, of course, we know Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, Christian Science, Unification, United Pentecostal, Church of Scientology. This one here I love, though. I mean, this, is, this, is, this would be my church if I was still in the world. Unitarian Universalism. Everyone goes to heaven based upon their own beliefs. Man. Dude, what is up with this? Are you kidding me? You can worship what you want. You can do what you want. Of course, I'm exaggerating a bit. But for the most part, all dogs go to heaven, baby. And you're all dogs. All dogs go to heaven. United Methodist Church. Oh, my gosh. I was getting on the freeway in Long Beach, close to Pastor Pat's house, actually. And I come around the corner, and there's the, the rainbow flags just blowing in the wind in the parking lot. And just like, come one, come all. And, and, and the Episcopalian church ordaining homosexuals and lesbians and such. And, of course, hate the sin, love the sinner. But I'm telling you guys, I see that as one of the biggest threats of modern day against the church. People have bought into, the church has bought into the LGBTQ. And the excuse and the justification is they were created that way. How can you deny that? That's the way they were born. They were born that way. So, and they love Jesus. They love God. So therefore, they're saved. So come on in. Come on in. We want them to come in. We want them to understand that that is not biblical and that is not what's going to save them. They're not going to heaven based upon what? Not what I say, not what you say, but what? Who says? God and his word. Also, I'll throw this in here. This idea of, of, of drinking is beginning to creep more and more into the church, especially with the youngsters out there. And it's interesting, the millennials, the younger pastors, there's a, you know, drinking is okay in the church. Now, of course, liberty, 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 of course. But in our Calvary Distinctive, Pastor Jeff blows that completely out of the water with his teachings on why we don't drink. And, and for those of us who came out of drinking and alcoholism and all that kind of stuff, it's like, man, that would be like the, the dumbest. That'd be like, grab me a stick of dynamite and just light the fuse. And just wait, because eventually it's going to go off. That's what, that's what if, if someone said to me, Rob, like if, if, if Jeff changed his mind, yeah, pastor's okay to drink. 
it scares me to death to think. And I believe personally, honestly, that God knowing me, had I not become a pastor on Stafford Calvary Chapel South Bay where way back we do not drink. I'm just saying, this flesh, I'd have been lost. Satan would have taken it and ran with it. Guys, be careful with that teaching that's going on out there. Why, why even give the devil even one beer of an opportunity? He's not your bud, that's for sure. And so, guys, closing, beware, be ready. It's going to get worse until the Lord takes us out of here. And we see here that it, it didn't start yesterday. The devil's always been playing this game. But in the latter days, in the last days, in the time of the coming of the Lord, man, false prophets, false teachers, the things that they're teaching to deceive even the elect, even those who who know the truth. So beware, amen? Father, thank you again for your word. I pray you bless these guys as they get together. I pray even as the discussion is, and maybe there are some who heard a name of a pastor or preacher that they listened to. I pray for good, healthy, biblical discussion and that, God, you would speak, you would minister. And, Lord, for any that are caught up in in things or teachings or places that do not line themselves up with godliness, with what the gospel teaches, what, what the Bible teaches, Lord, speak and minister to their heart, we pray. Bless we ask, Lord, be with the team in PI. God, continue blessing them. Pour it out. I pray you'd open the freeways and let the airport be empty so I can get there quick. And ask us in Jesus' name. Amen, Amen brothers.